Kings chapter 10. First Kings chapter 10, we're back to our um, Bible study as we continue to go through our Bible study. And uh, we definitely will finish First and Second Kings this coming year for sure. <laughs> I want to do that so we can move on. Verse First Kings chapter 10. Let's see what the Lord has for us to say for us tonight here. We read a few verses and we get into our lesson tonight. And look what it says in verse 1 and verse 2. Then we we're going to jump to Matthew chapter 12, verse 42. If you want to go to Matthew 12, 42. And just keep your finger there. Now let's look at First King and then we go to Matthew. <clears throat> it says, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a great train, I mean with a lot of people, with camels that bear spices and very much gold, like he needed more, but uh, anyway, and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. Or she communed with him. Look now go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 42. It says, <coughs> this is Jesus speaking actually, he says, the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south, I'm sorry, shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for she came from the othermost parts of the earth, part of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, the greater than Solomon is here. So when he says uh, to hear the wisdom of Solomon, of course, she, Jesus is talking about this queen, queen of Sheba, but Jesus said to them, Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. Help us, Lord, as we dissect this passage, Lord, that we can take something, we can take home with us, apply into our Christian life, and make a difference in the world that we live in. And Lord, help us to be lighthouses in this world of ours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, the title of the message tonight is uh, uh, The Greatest of a Man. The greatest of a man. Have you ever met someone who just left you in a state of awe? You ever met someone like that? You go like, wow. You ever done, done that? All right. I'm going to look at this side right here, and then I look at that side. I mean, you guys in the sound room, did you ever met somebody that caused you to say, wow? <laughs> you know, like, people do that. They're so rich. That, you know, they're, wow. You know, like, you know, or, or something else. And you're like, wow. All right, let me go over here because there's people over here. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> do you ever met someone that's just like, wow? Me? Oh, my goodness. I have nothing to do. <laughs> I'm not that wow. <laughs> Brother Tom, I mean, like, goodness. <laughs> I'm a very simple man. But anyway, <laughs> uh, there is, you know, there are situations in life where you I mean, I've seen this on TV. I mean, I know it's the world, but it is a situation sometimes on TV. You see these people go, you can see their mouths. Like, you ever seen that? You ever seen that? You ever seen those things? Robert, I know you're half sleeping there already. I know you're tired, but you, you, you've seen that, right? One guy that I really admire, I never went, wow. I did wow. I'm going to tell you what. It was Michael Jordan. Not because of who he was money wise is his ability seemed like the guy was just flying in the air like like 
I'm like, wow. I mean, I, we, it got so contagious to me. My wife and I, we used to watch basketball just because of him. We followed the, the Chicago Bulls in those days. And it was like he would do those things. We're like, wow, why would they, well, he did that. And even today, watch it. I know you go home, you're going to watch some plays of Michael Jordan. And you can find them on YouTube somewhere. But it is, I mean, this is, sometimes he does people that mean, well, that's exactly what happened here. This woman heard of the fame of Solomon, and as she marches in, she's like, That's her, her reality. So a man, uh, they, uh, they were so great and so wonderful that you just laughed, shaking your head and saying, oh my, this is unbelievable. Well, those kings, these kinds of meetings are rare, but they do happen occasionally. Somebody just, your jaw just goes down and you're like in disbelief. So the Bible records for us the account of such a meeting here in this passage, the Queen of Sheba heard of the famous king in the land of Israel who was very rich, who was doing all kinds of great things. At the first, she, she didn't believe, so she desired to travel, and then we see here in the passage, to see for her own eyes. When she got there, she was left in amazement with King Solomon, so she went away saying, Oh my, this is unbelievable. You remember when the Red Sox won the World Series after like five centuries or whatever that was? The guy in the radio was going, oh, believe it. He was going on and on. Like he was in disbelief that actually happened. Well, this woman who was in disbelief, she's like, this is unbelievable. This is more than I even thought about, although that people have been telling me. So one of the things that comes to mind here tonight when it was when I visit, for an example, Niagara Falls for the first time. Have you ever been in Niagara Falls here? Is it loud? And it makes you go like, wow, doesn't it? I see most hands going up, some up, some people probably online going, I know what you're talking about. You know, the Bible talks about that the voice of God is the voice of many waters in the book of Revelation. Can you imagine that? Just many waters, like Niagara Falls, the sound. As the water crushes that water below, it is loud. And you just look at it. And it, we went in the boat to next to the falls. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody wants to get that adventure. And when you get there, what happens? You can't see for the life of you, right? The pressure of the water is so great that you try to look at it because you're so curious. But your eyes cannot sustain that pressure and that of water come towards you, and you just go, this is unbelievable, isn't it? Imagine the people that ventured going down the falls. When they got to the bottom, they go, this is unbelievable. I made it alive. <laughs> so, oh, goodness. Many years later in our passage here, when Jesus was ministering here on earth, he mentioned this event right here. He spoke of Solomon and the king of queen of Sheba, and he reminded his listeners that he was, he was even greater than Solomon. Can you imagine? The people of Israel knew how great Solomon was. They knew. They heard the stories. They knew how great Solomon was and how rich he was. And Jesus come along and says, one greater than Solomon is here. That got their attention. What do you think, brother? That got their attention like, what? Because they knew. And why he was greater than Solomon. 
So tonight I would like to show you that, 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 that uh, as great as, Sol as Solomon was in his day, uh, greater than Solomon was, it was here on earth. I want to tell you that there's nobody like Jesus. You agree? So let's look here a couple of things here. Number one, the reputation of King Solomon. We see this in verse 6 and verse 7. So the land of Sheba was located some 1,200 miles south of Israel. It corresponded to modern-day Yemen. Uh, as she served in that country, more than likely the sailors and merchants that passed through shared the word of the great King Solomon. His name went through the lands and traveled, of course, because of his riches and his fame. So what did she heard about King Solomon? Many things. Number, number one, she heard of his wealth. Look at verse 7. Hobart, I believe not the word, she said, and until I came in my eyes and seen it, and behold, the half was not told me, thy wisdom, and look what it says, prosperity exceeded the fame which I heard. So she heard many stories about King Solomon, but she did not believe it. And he said, I'm going to see for my own eyes. And when she did, she saw this is greater than I anticipated. Well, listen, how many, you heard about Niagara Falls before you went there, correct? He got so curious, he wanted to go see it. But we get so curious, we don't want to see the American side. We have to go to the other side because it said experience is greater. When you get there, you go, well, Wow, this is, this is more than I even thought about it. I heard about it. Maybe I saw it in a magazine or on TV. But when I'm here, the experience is greater. That's what she's saying here. So she heard of his wealth. Uh, in a, in a number, number two, she heard of his works. Look at verse 6. And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and thy wisdom. So she heard of the great king he had, what he had built. She heard of the temple he had constructed for his God. She heard of the great palace he had built for himself. She had heard that he was a powerful king, and she wanted to know more. Not only she heard, but, uh, but now she was seeing for herself what she heard that was true. You know what? Uh, most people in, in, of this, in this world have heard about Jesus. Most people in this world have heard about Jesus. They heard it. Some are curious enough to come to, like this queen, to see for themselves how great Jesus is. He said, I'm greater than Solomon. Some are curious enough, like most of us here, not to say all of us here, we heard enough, we, we were curious enough to say, I want to see for myself. And we did. But there are many people who are, Curious, but not curious enough to do that. When Jesus said, greater than Solomon is here, should get our interest, right? It did, because we came to him. He said, I want to know who this king is, King Jesus. So she heard of his wisdom. Do I give you the wisdom? No, she heard of his work. She heard of his Go to first, Look at first Kings. Look at verse 1, 2, and 3. And when the queen of Sheba heard of, of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. Uh, that's chapter 10, verse 1. Okay? And uh, she, came, she came to Jerusalem with a, a great train, with camels and beer spices and much gold and precious stones. And when she had come to Solomon, she communed with him with, uh, with 
uh, with him for, uh, for all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all of her questions. So she, he answered every question that she had. There was none, not anything hidden from him which he told her not. So this queen had heard of Solomon's intellect and that he would answer deep questions. This queen came to Solomon because he had, he had, uh, she had problems that, that her power and wealth could not solve. She came because there were questions for which, uh, which her gods did not have any answers. She came because she needed help that, that only Solomon could help her with. She came to visit Solomon with a heart full of curiosity. Question. That's not the way we come to the Lord. When a person comes to put a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not the way we come. we curious. We want salvation. We didn't have experienced that, but we want that. This woman was full of curiosity, and she drilled Solomon with questions. Folks, that's the way many people, like I said, come to see King Jesus. They heard of him and all of his fame and miracles, and they come looking for him with a heart full of curiosity. You know, I want to know so much about the Lord. When I receive him, him as my Savior, I was so excited, but I knew nothing. <laughs> I was just a newborn baby. It's like you have so much, then you get born again, and you go, oh, i got to learn now. It's, it's amazing. It's different. So she heard of his worship. Look at verse 1. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the famous Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. Notice the, the, the fame of Solomon was in the mind of this woman concerning the name of the Lord. The Bible is very specific here. Would express her more than this, than this position, more than this power, more than this prosperity, more than this prestige, was his relationship with his God. When she heard that Solomon's God was the one responsible for his glory, she wanted to know more. She wanted to know about his connection with, that he had with his God. She was interested in meeting this, the, the God of Solomon. This, this woman got saved? I don't know. The Bible doesn't specify that. But this woman who was curious, she was curious. Get this. We are not here to exalt Solomon tonight, okay? I'm not going to exalt Solomon tonight. But we are here to lift up one who is greater than Solomon, is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not going to exalt this man for who he was. He was just a man. And he was in the position that he was because God put him there. And God gave him all that wealth and stuff, not him. So let's exalt the Lord tonight, not Solomon. Can I remind you before we move deeper in this text that there is no king like Jesus anywhere. The Lord Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the greatest king the earth ever seen and will see again. Not even Solomon. Not even the president we have today. He is all that. Uh, let me go back down here a little bit. I'm going, I'm, not, I'm going to say more about these things in just a minute as we move down. But let me, me say right now, there's no king like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus in his works. He has all power. He can move mountains. He can move your mountains, quench your thirst, and save anyone's soul. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus in his wisdom. He holds 
all the answers to all questions of life. You agree with me? God has answers for every question of life. You say, well, listen, I might not have the answer, but he has the answers for every question of life. In fact, he is the answer to all the riddles and problems and questions of life. They all rest and reside in him. There's no one like Jesus in his worship. We can bring you, uh, he can bring you into a, the presence of God for of all eternity. He alone can give you the vital connection you need to God. He alone bridges the gap between God and man. No one is like Jesus. No one like Jesus in his reputation. When lost men hear about him, it piques curiosity. Isn't it? It grabs the appetite of man when people begin to be curious about men. It's amazing how many men, how many people, I include men and women on this, but how many people have ridiculed Jesus, have teared him down, talk bad about him, and tried to explore things to put him on the mud and went up saved. You know, interesting. One, I was a sinner, but now I am a... I am saved by the grace of the one I was persecuting. He saved my soul. Wasn't that Saul of Tarsus? What was he doing? I'm going to get rid of this religion. What happened to him? Became the greatest speaker for Christianity. And through the ages have happened. On which people go and like, I'm going to try to tear this down. And guess what happens? They become Christians. There was a man in Europe that tried to get rid of the Bible. <laughs> and his house became a place where they print Bibles. Voltaire. Voltaire. That was the one. It is amazing what God does. There's no one like King Jesus in his worship. There's no one like Jesus in his reputation. People can say what they want. People can ridicule what they want about the Lord. But let me tell you, his reputation lives on. He is still the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And you know what? They can't point the thing as much as they want as all lies and false accusations. He is the Lord of all creation. He is our great God. Number two, we see the riches of King Solomon. Verse four, when the queen, queen of Sheba arrived in Jerusalem, she was stunned or stunned at the greatest of this king's wealth. What she saw blew her mind. Look, it says in verse 5, And the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and their cupbearers, and his, and his ascent by which he went up unto the, to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Literally, this woman was speechless what she saw. So obviously, this man Solomon was very detailed. You know, there are people who are very, who are very detailed. You know, there are people that cut left and right. <laughs> you know, there are people who are very disorganized. But there are people who are very detailed. This goes over here, this goes over here, this goes over here. You've got to dress like this, you've got to get like They're very, 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 very detailed. Are you detailed like that? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Are you organized? 
Oh, if you're like me, it's like you, you know, I lost my, my earbuds, and I, and I tell everybody now, can you please try to find it for me? I lost it for days. I can't find the things. You know, I, I wonder, well, I'm going to try. I tell my wife I try not to accuse anybody. I wonder if maybe one of my grandkids just kindly <laughs> just put it in the garbage can. <laughs> kindly. I don't want to say that. Maybe I, they might be watching. They might say, that's not true. <laughs> I try not to keep, I have no idea. I look in the house up and down sideways. It's like, I'm not detailed like Solomon. I'm just like, sometimes, all right, disorganized. <laughs> so I'm thinking about, I might have to buy a new pair because I can't find it. You try to, you know, find it on your, on your phone and it says it's in your house. It's like, all right, it's in the house somewhere. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> one time I uh, get two watches, two of these, because I lost one. And for the longest time disappeared. We found it many months later after we bought this one inside of a boot. <laughs> it was in the same place. <laughs> oh, so letter A, she saw the king's possessions. We see this in Luke says in verse 4. It says, When the queen of Sheba had seen old Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built. Look at verse 13. And the king, king Solomon gave unto the king of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, can you imagine that? Beside that which Solomon gave her of his own royal bounty. And she turned and went to her, to her own country, she and her servants. So the woman came to see something that she had heard. She heard of the wisdom and of the greatest man, of this, and the greatest of this man. And now she's seeing for herself that it was all true. She saw his wisdom, his house, the temple, and his wealth. Solomon even went on to give her a tremendous wealth before she returned to her own country. Can you imagine having so much wealth that you grab, so to speak, a gold pile of gold and say, you take this and you don't even regret it because you have that much. Wow. You know, it's like, you know, it's like you have a... a, a uh, let's say a shelf full of, let's say, $100 bills, right? And they're piled up, and you just grab one and say, we're going to pile it and say, you take it. And you don't even think about it. That's how rich this man was. So she saw, let it be, she saw the king's provision. See this in verse 5. We already read this verse about what he, the way the servants were. So the meat of this of his table referred to the massive amount of food required to feed those who ate from his table on a daily basis. We see this back in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 22 and 23. She witnessed of the abundance of food that was in the king's table, and she was astonished with the amount of food. Can you imagine the people that live in that palace, how much food they eat every day, and the abundance of food that he had? Just, just think about it for a second. This woman saw the blessings of the Lord of, uh, the Lord to Solomon at his table, and she was astonished. Folks, let me put it this way. We might not see piles of amounts of food, but we see the Lord's provision, don't we? God is faithful, and God provides for His children. Listen, the children of Israel in the wilderness, they never died of hunger. God provided for 40 long years, provided for them. And they lost the blessings, not because of God was unfaithful. They were unfaithful to God. They're the one who caused God to say, your carcasses will die in the desert here. God never failed to provide for them. You will see here the blessings of God here on a man. So she noticed 
She watches his servants and they, as they minister to, to him. She noticed how they sat in, the, in his presence, listening to his voice. She noticed how others hastily carry out their wishes. She was amazed because they were all happy to be the servants of Solomon. Who have happy servants anywhere? Who have that? Who have servants that are happy? How many people that are serving people's homes, they're not happy. <laughs> there was people who were there, they were serving this king. So it is great when those who visit the house of the Lord leave astonished. Isn't that great? Isn't that great when we had people coming here for the toys for tots? And they were amazed what we have here. And what you were saying? Go ahead, what you were saying, because I heard your voices, praise the Lord. Right? I heard your voices. Chrissy and, and, and Eric were here. Who else was here? Uh, Heather was here. And, and uh, uh, what's her name? I forgot. Patty, Patty was here. Pat, no. Patty, yes. You, she was here. And I heard you, you all you going, going, going like, praise the Lord. And the people were going, wow, this is so nice in here. I didn't know it was like that. You know what? Praise the Lord. That was, that was what the Lord's doing. I heard. I said, too. <laughs> I said it to praise the Lord. But I heard it coming from your heart saying that. And so the, these people, you know, she saw what was going on over here. Let me tell you, it's great when they see the Lord's servant serving him in the local church with joy and gratitude and with a smile. Then I said last Sunday, smile more. Then I said like that, smile more. Well, smile more. <laughs> Listen. I'll be honest with you, I had no reason to smile today. I had probably, I don't know, I lost count how many phone calls I had to today. It was so much things. But you know what? I said, Lord, this is the day you give me, and I'm going to rejoice in this day. And I didn't know where to turn because I'm just one man. I had so many, I will share with you on our prayer time. But, it, it, but you know what? That is the day, you know, smile more. Listen, I'm not telling you or preach to you something that I don't try to do myself. Let it be. She saw the king's piety, or piety, I'm sorry, piety. She watched Solomon as she entered the temple of God. History notes that Solomon had a covered walkway connecting his palace with the house of the Lord. She watched him worship, and so the sacrifices he made to his God, and she was amazed. When the queen of Sheba saw the riches of King Solomon, she was totally, uh, what is the word, Flabbergasted is the word. Is that correct? Flabbergasted. She said, oh my, that is unbelievable. Now, what I want to remind you uh, here is that uh, there is a greater than Solomon among us today is King Jesus. Let me just remind you that King Jesus' possessions are greater than any other king in history or even today. Go to Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. I want you to see how much King Jesus have. Keep your finger there in our chapter 10 of 1 Kings. Look what it says there. Look how much. See, we talk about the possessions of Solomon, right? This man has so much. He was so blessed in many different ways. What about King Jesus? Isn't Jesus said, greater than Solomon is here? What do you say? Whoa, whoa, one second, Pastor. Jesus didn't have anything. He was just a humble servant. He just had a little clothes on top of him. All right, really. Who was Jesus? 
John says he was God in the book of John. Actually, the first verses actually talks about the deity of Christ. But look how much King Jesus have. That's why he said, greater than Solomon is here. Look what it says. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is what? The Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell it therein. Verse 2. For he that founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. For he that had found it. Let me put it this way. Solomon had a kingdom. Solomon was very rich. King Jesus said the whole world. Can't even go further. The whole universe. Whole creation. Look what it says in Psalm 50 verse 12. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Job chapter 41 verse 11 says, Who had prevented me that I should repay him? Whatsoever is under the whole earth is, the whole heaven, heaven, I'm sorry, is mine. He owns it all and he can take care of his people. There is no shortage with King Jesus. You see why he's greater than Solomon? He's much greater than Solomon. Let me just remind you that King Jesus' provisions are greater than any other king on history or even today. Not only does he, he have it all, but he is willing to share it all with those who feed from his table. Look what it says in Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your needs. Look what it says, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaking, not a seed begging for bread. God is good. God is good. And you know, I believe in the house of God should always be bread for God's people. Should always be. Solomon had enough at his table to feed those who ate there, maybe as many as several hundred people. The Lord Jesus has enough to, to give to all of his children their daily breads, not just the physical necess necessity of food, but also the spiritual food that we need so desperately every day. Let me tell you, if you do not spend time in the Word of God each day, you are missing out on a great meal. You got that? You're missing out on a great meal. You know, you got to feed yourself spiritually. You got to feed on the Word of God. Say, Pastor, do you have time to read the Word of God? No, but I make time. <laughs> you make time. It's not like, not like I don't. No, you, I don't, but I make time. That means I do. Let me remind you that King Jesus' uh, people are greater than any other people in history or even today. Let me remind you that King Jesus' piety are greater than any other king in history or even today. He is. Number three, let's go to point number three. The reality of King Solomon. The Queen of Sheba had heard about Solomon, but she didn't believe until she had seen for herself what she saw when she came to Solomon left her just, wow, with her jars down. She just know what to say. She just had to step back and say, oh, my, this is unbelievable what I'm seeing. 
Let's look here at a couple of things. Her personal discovery. Her trip to Jerusalem led her to this, some personal conclusions. Number one, she was, he was more wealthy than she, ever, she had heard. That was the truth. She, she got more from him from going there than she, had to, than she was told about it. Number two, she was more wise than she had, she had heard. So by going there, she saw the wisdom of this man. I really how wise this man was. Now let me put it this way. He never did that, but he didn't credit himself to be wise because, oh, look at me. God made him that way. Isn't it true? He asked God and God gave him. He asked God for wisdom and God didn't give him wisdom more than he asked for. You know what? Makes me think this way. Don't you know our God is a giving God? Well, I mean, we really have to believe that. Our God is a giving God. He wants just to open the windows of heaven and give it to his children. But now, you know what he wants from us? He wants obedience. He wants us to have a humble, obedient heart to say, Lord, work in my life through me, use me. And you know what? He will bless us. Let me put it this way. I'll go back to the children of Israel in the desert. Why did they miss out on the blessings of God? Complaining disobedience. And even in that disobedience, God continued to work in their life, continued to work, try to get them back so he could bless them, and they continued to disobey him. See, God not only is a giving God, but he's also a patient God. Aren't you glad that God is patient with us? I mean, he's still working on me. Isn't he still working on you? You know why? Because we just sometimes are just foolish, aren't we? We're just, just, just outright, you know, rebellious. And we are right, and like, we just don't want to listen to the voice of the Lord. It happens to all of us, to me included. You know what? He's still working on me. He's a patient God. He works, he keeps, it's not, it's not what parents do to kids when they're small. I, I mean, I'm watching my, my, my daughter, and I'm watching the other one coming over, and they're kids, and I have to sit back, and I don't say anything, because they're not my kids. You know, they're my great kids. And I'm watching. I can see the patience of the parents. Like today, uh, interesting. Uh, oh, Joseph has his lunch bag uh, next to the refrigerator and was open. So Patra decided to take the lunch bag and be, be Patra. And she grabbed that thing, walked around the house with that thing. So, so I think, I don't know, he did put all kinds of things. And she went shopping. She put things in there. It comes Joseph after a little while. I mean, she was already, uh, I think she was sleeping. And uh, Joseph comes and, and goes, hey, what's my lunch bag doing over here? We're in the middle of the living room. We're like, you know, just, the house is a mess. We, the kids are everywhere. And, and I, my wife goes, well, look at it. And he picked it up. It was full of toys and things. And she's been accumulating all those things. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> Put them back now. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and you watch, you sit back and you watch, and you see the patience of the parents, you know, how they go around doing that. We all do that. Well, the Lord is the same way. We are a what? It's children. And sometimes we just go around and around and God in his patience try to get us back. Isn't it Jesus that said, looking at Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long have I been like a hand, like, just quoting the verse, and I try to get at you together and you did not. You see the patience of God right there. Did I give you number three? He was more wonderful than she had heard. 
she concluded that she wasn't even heard of half of his glory and greatness. Note this, every person who has ever heard about Jesus Christ and has responded by coming to him for salvation can echo everything this queen of Sheba discovered. He will always give you back far more than what you give to him. He will reveal to you, you that answers the, to, to the riddles of your problems of life. He will always prove to be far more glorious than anyone could ever articulate to you. He will leave you with your mouth open, astonished and amazed on what He does in our lives and in the lives of others around us. You will have to say, Oh my, Jesus is what? Unbelievable. I don't know how this went, but unbelievable. Get this. Everybody who told me about Jesus didn't have the, uh, didn't have the right, neither the amount of words to describe this greatness. When I personally met Jesus Christ, I found out that He was far better than the description and information that I got from. Let me tell you this way. When I went to church the first time, I walked in a Bible-believing church, I knew right there that I was unsaved. First time I walked in. Did I got saved that day? No. You know why? Because now I began to resist God. And I heard Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday school, I heard the preaching of God's Word for a long four to five months around that time. I heard, I heard, I heard. I heard of the greatness of God, all that preaching. I took notes and all that, all that stuff. But the day that I met Him, I discovered how great God is. The information was wonderful. But when I met Him, it was a lot greater than the information. It was so great that I'm still excited even today, 25 years later. This woman heard all of it, but when he met, she met this man, she was, wow, this is far more than I, I can ever even imagine. Let it be, her profound declaration. She had some things to say about Solomon, about what she saw. Number one, regarding his servant, she, com she commanded on the happy nature of his servants. Number two, regarding his Savior. She commanded on the greatness of Solomon's Lord. She bragged on the goodness of, and she bragged on his love. She was convinced that there was nobody like Solomon, and nobody, listen to this, like is God. Note that, uh, of the reasons I can say, oh my, my Jesus is what? Unbelievable. It's because those who know him are happy people. Listen, let me put it this way. Problems sometimes press us down, doesn't it? And sometimes it's like having like a, a ton stone on top of your head. That's how heavy the problems are sometimes. But let me tell you, I never met a Christian who said, I'm not happy being saved. Even in the midst of tears and problems of life, they say, I'm glad I met Jesus. That's what I always say. I never heard one saying, oh, well, I hope I never got. No, no. They would say, I'm glad I met Jesus. doesn't mean that they don't have stuff, the stone on top of their head and try to overcome that. But I'm, telling, I'm talking about their relationship with God sustains them. Let's move on. Well, I thought I have another point. I don't. <laughs> there, may, there may be worries. There may be problems. There may be, but they possess, like I said, Christians 
joy unspeakable and full of grace in the depths of their soul. Let me put it this way. How many times you come to church discouraged, beaten down? You hear the preaching of God's word, you sing, or you not even feel like singing. You ever been there? Your heart is just so torn, you don't feel like singing. And you hear the singing of God's word. God, God's people begin to put their voices up and begin to sing. And what happens? You find yourself what? Singing. Don't you do? You know what happened to you and me? Of course it does. You, you find yourself singing. And before you know, you are singing. And you leave the church, you're glad you came. And you see, that was worth going. Folks, I'm going to tell you, you're not alone on this. I've been there many times. I've been there many times with that same thing because I'm human as much as you are. And before I became a pastor, I was where you are, sitting down, listening to the preaching of God's Word. I conclude with this. The Queen of Sheba was, uh, the, the Queen of Sheba saw Solomon's kingdom. She went back to her country saying, this, that's nobody like him. I wonder if you ever, ever met the one who's greater than Solomon. I believe all of us here tonight. What about the people online? I wonder if you ever met King Jesus. He is greater than Solomon. You can read about Solomon as much as you want. You can search the internet, get as much information about, about King Solomon, and you're going to see about, you're going to discover about his riches, his wisdom, many things about this man. But let me tell you this. There is one greater than Solomon, actually greater than any king this earth ever seen, even to the, any present president that ever seen, is King Jesus. He owns all, everything. He owns you all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much, Lord, for this passage of Scripture, Lord, as we try to receive in Jesus, saying that no, one greater than Solomon is here. He's trying to get the heart of the people to look to him and to understand the Messiah had arrived. The Messiah was in the midst of them. And Lord, we see the, the, the riches of Solomon, but Lord, we know you're greater than Solomon and any other king that ever stepped on the face of this earth. Thank you, Lord, that we know you and we are our king. And Lord, we come here to worship you and to, to sing to you and to praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.